It's Tuesday, January 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. As the winter weather front bears down on the greater metropolitan Washington, D.C. area, neither snow nor rain nor gloom of night shall keep Bill Mann from his appointed rounds on this podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh, man, I wouldn't want to be anyplace else. You know, the heat's out at my house, so I'm super happy to be here. Uh, Happy to be here. And also, a shout out to the dozens of listeners in the Midwest because. There's cold, and then there's dangerous cold, and that just be safe, people. Be smart and be safe. I saw something the other day where they said it was unseasonably cold in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it is winter. <laughs> it is Minnesota we're talking about. I, I mean, we laugh. It's going to be cold here too, but please be safe. It is yeah. dangerous, dangerous out cold the out there. Yeah. Um, We've got earnings to get to. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. Let's start with Verizon, which closed out the fiscal year with a fourth quarter report. Profits a little bit higher than expected. I think I have this right. Their overall revenue was barely above where it was a year ago. Chris, you're not going to believe this, but it turns out that the Oath properties, which is AOL and Yahoo, are not worth what Verizon paid for them. I'm shocked. I've been told that they paid more than nothing for them. And they they, yeah, so they have a four point nine billion dollar write down, and they're not really breaking it out. An oath at this point, by the way, that uh, has been renamed the Verizon Media Group, maybe the fastest re rebranding in history. Um, so yeah, they, they they have you know they they have overpaid for media properties. They've the uh, executives at Verizon had said that they're not going to be buying any more media properties, or we assume you know media liabilities from here on out. Um, it was an okay quarter. Uh, they're in the process of laying off about ten thousand people, uh, which is uh, which which is hard. They need to raise about ten million dollars in cost cutting because they've got a big network building out build out coming in the five G network. So, pretty tough set of facts for them for a company that's not growing at all on its revenue base. And uh, I, you know, they're they're doing a pretty good job in terms of subscribers, yeah. but it, it really does seem like. If you're a Verizon shareholder, I think you're obviously you're not happy with the past 12 months, and at this point you're probably crossing your fingers, hoping like, okay, can we now that we've learned the lesson of drastically overpaying for media properties, can we stick to our knitting? Can we wring whatever value there is? And I would say that there's some I don't know what the value is, but there's some value to the sure. content there. Um, sure. But just please, can we stick to our knitting? <laughs> can we not do that anymore? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in subsequent news, uh, Verizon Fios has just said that they've come to an agreement with Disney. So Disney won't be blacked out on, on Fios. I believe that was nationwide, but it may have been on a property by property basis. Either way, that was going to be a fairly bad scene for both of the companies as well as for, you know, as, as well as for subscribers. Uh, so yeah, Verizon is, is what it is. It is a, you know, it, it is a large, you know, behemoth. Company that has huge capital expenses that come up from time to time because networks require not just maintenance but upgrading. We're going to get to another mobile phone giant in a minute, but first let's check in on the PG&E saga. Uh, the California utility filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Shares of PG&E up 17 percent when we walked in the studio. It's, I, I, Am I supposed to put this on my watch list now? I mean, we've talked before about how, look, this is a utility. It can't just go away. Right. But I I just assumed it was going to. 
reappear in some form that uh, maybe was completely removed from the public markets. Yeah. Am I? Am I now supposed to think, oh, well, maybe there's not just a future for this utility, but a future for investing in this utility? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, utilities are so weird. Like, if you, if you produce a product and it, for example, catches on fire and you get sued for it and you don't have money to cover it, you go out of business and that fire producing product doesn't get produced anymore. Um, you can't do that with utilities. You can't say, well, you know, electricity caused the, you know, electricity or the production of electricity caused these fires in Northern California. Companies going out of business. Let's just produce no more electricity in Northern California. There's your solution. Um, what's going to happen? So there were fires in 2017, and there was, and uh, the California legislature, the California Public Utilities Commission, excuse me, uh, passed a ruling that allows the utilities to pass on the costs of the liabilities for such events onto rate holders. So. You know, good thing that they did too, because you know otherwise we would have an enormous financial issue with with PG&E. So yes, it's going bankrupt. It has sufficient assets to cover its cash liabilities. It's going to come out of bankruptcy, uh, restructured. The equity will, uh, in all likelihood, have some value. The bonds were trading at eighty five cents on the dollar earlier. I think that they will rally. What you have now in this place is a plan. Are you interested? No. <laughs> no. No, because I mean here's the thing. It is going to become much more expensive to produce electricity in this country for a couple of reasons. One because the slate is changing and we can argue over whether you know, we can argue over, you know, global warming a little bit, but utilities are having to respond. Right, they're having to change their slate. The cheapest forms of energy, coal, nat gas, oil, are being ramped down. Other forms are being ramped up, but also these types of liabilities are popping up a lot more as well. And you could say that it's because of climate change. You could also say because it's a change in how people live. The town called Paradise, which is where the fires were and where the most damage was, where the houses were destroyed, was probably not something that really would have existed in the same form even 40 years ago. It's it was largely a retirement community. People, you know. As a change of lifestyle, went up and lived in the woods, right? And um, so, no, I don't. I don't find utilities to be a very exciting investment because they will be boring until they are exciting in the exact wrong way. Huawei, which is the phone giant in China, is back in the headlines. The U.S. Justice Department has charged Huawei with a number of crimes, including trying to steal trade secrets from T-Mobile. Uh, the company and its CFO have also been charged with a little thing we like to call bank and wire fraud. Which is a little bit of a catch-all for, we know you've done something bad with your finances, and we're going to sort out what it is. Um, yeah, this is... This is I, I expected this, you know, some form of charges to come, but uh, the uh, you we've know, seen charges from other countries. That's right, that's right. And you know, as we talked about uh, before we came on, uh, you know, on the air, the Justice Department is not messing around with the charges against Huawei. And I think that you know, of course, the company disputes all of the charges. It disputes that uh, the 
the overarching charge against Huawei, which is that its uh, its electric its telecom equipment is also used for spying for the benefit of uh, of of the government of China. I think it's crazy to be on that side of that argument. Um, but yeah, this is this is a company that is now in the crosshairs of a lot of Western com- uh, countries, and uh, I don't see how they get out of it. Where is T-Mobile in all of this? I mean, to go back to Verizon, you look at the past year or so. Verizon, T-Mobile, these are stocks that haven't really done all that well. They've they've done better over the past twelve months than AT and T. But I think if you're <laughs> if you're T-Mobile, this is. John, John Ledger, one of our favorite CEOs because he's one of the most colorful CEOs, absolutely, yeah. and uh, certainly makes for enjoyable conference calls. Uh, this isn't the kind of headline he's looking to be a part of. No, no, because yeah, he does not want to be part of a headline where, by the way, some data and maybe it was ours and maybe it was yours has been taken from us by you know by the, by the Chinese government allegedly, but nonetheless, it is. It is not good for the U.S. carriers. Uh, T-Mobile, of course, is German, so let me back that up a little. For the carriers involved, um, in some ways, it's a really interesting. You know, I hadn't really thought about it until you asked that question. It's a little big brothery of of the government to come in and say, you know, where there is no, you know. T-Mobile hasn't sued. You know, um, this is the government coming down on 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 Huawei on their behalf. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Uh, and before I get to the email, this, this requires some setup because some uh, listeners may have seen the news out of Brazil uh, from last weekend a, a terrible story of a, uh, a mining dam uh, bursting, uh, which triggered a deadly mudslide uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of at least 60 people confirmed dead, 100, 100, 300 missing, hundreds yeah. more missing, and, and, uh, uh, presumed, uh, probably presumed dead at this point. So it's a it's a tragic story. Yeah. Um, but one of our listeners sort of looking at it through the lens of investing, and we've seen this play out before. So uh, email from David who asks, I was wondering how the dam burst in Brazil affects Vale in the long term. Um, Vale, the uh, company attached to this, uh, BP stock still hasn't recovered. Uh, from its pre-2010 disaster levels, does this dam spell doom for the world's largest iron ore company? Uh, Valet, you know, probably not well known to a lot of listeners, just because uh, we don't really focus on commodity stocks all that much. No, but touch something metal to your left or your or your right, and most likely uh, Valet produced uh, the you know some of the metal that's that's in it. It is a it is a foundationally important. Company to the global economy, it is very, very important to the Brazilian economy, and therein lies a little bit of 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 the rub. So the last time Vale uh, has been sued by the Brazilian government for a 2015 disaster that happened uh, about 80 miles up the road from from this dam, in which 10 people were killed, and the government sued for 5.3 billion U.S. dollars. Um, that was a much smaller uh, accident. After that accident, Vale and all of the Brazilian miners went through a process of verifying the safety of all of their dams. Um, according to the Brazilian National Water Agency, there are 600. This is called a tailings dam. This is you know part of the mining process in 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 Brazil, and 144 of them are big enough to cause catastrophic environmental damage. Um, 
I, you know, that's the fact is that they have gone through the process to verify these dams. These dams are basically, in, in fact, th- this dam was, you know, was was 28 stories high, which to me is an interesting like balance between there's no such thing as a story as a precise, you know, amount of measurement, but there was 28 of them. So it's a huge dam. Um, there are, you know, the 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 dam itself uh, basically is made out of mud, and what happened, they believe, is that the the mud literally liquefied in place, and then it, you know, and you know, so you, you touch it, so it looks like it is in good shape until suddenly it fails. And there's 144 dams that are just like this. Vale owns a large number of them. I'm not saying that this is a no-touch company, but I am saying that. They don't really have the ability to either replace the dams or to say for sure that these are dams are safe because I'm relatively sure they had $5.3 billion worth of interest last time in making sure that this didn't happen again and it happened again. Seems like if you're an owner of this stock, you might want to start looking at what's on your watch list. Yeah, but you know it's 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 interesting because in the same way that the state of New York is so careful with its Wall Street firms, like you know the Wall Street is worth twenty five percent of the tax base of New York State, so there's only so much they're going to do to punish them. You know, as we look back at the financial crisis, the answer was basically nothing. But so Brazil is in the same boat. Brazil gets a huge amount of its tax base from its largest mining companies, in particular Vale. So. I don't think that Brazil will do anything that is existentially threatening to Vale. They they just can't. Well, it's like you think back to the uh, recent scandal involving Volkswagen and the you know getting around the emissions test and all that sort of thing, and uh, somewhat analogous in that at that moment in time you can look at that and, and say, boy, they're. They're really going to get punished, and then you start to look at how crucial Volkswagen yeah. and the yeah. automotive industry yeah. is to the German economy, and then you go, "Oh, okay, well, no, they can't." They, they're, they're, That's a really bad idea to yeah. punish Volkswagen to the point where it goes out of business. Right? There can be, yeah. They, they can't leave a you know they they can't leave a crater where Volkswagen was and and. The other thing for Vale that's interesting is that there's a brand new government in in Brazil, and he's a, he's a populist, and I think you could see a scenario where 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 he comes down really really hard on them in ways that are visible, you know, like I am here to protect the people of Brazil, uh, but in invisible ways. Um, Vale will ultimately be allowed to continue to exist. Now, the question that's being asked is, what do I do with the equity? And I think, I think you've got to see what the lawsuits look like before you before you touch. Because just because they lost twenty five percent, that doesn't mean that uh, it's not going to get much much worse for them. Uh, before we wrap up, you uh, were traveling about a month ago, and uh, as you do from time to time, you yep. very nicely brought me a present. I did. <laughs> I did. I walked into a uh, I walked into a store in Prague, and they had three types of Pringles slash Pringle, uh, you know, Pringle esque snacks. And I brought back. I decided not to bring back the the marijuana ones. Uh, I chose instead. <laughs> Wait, really? That was an option? Oh yeah. Not not Pringles. This is not Fr- Frito Lay is not putting out marijuana flavored okay. Pringles. 
So, Although <laughs> someone local, someone local has has put out a Pringle uh, facsimile made from pot. Okay, I think they'd probably sell a few of those. Probably. I instead went with a different type of unhealthy and brought you back uh, from Prague. Uh, what were they again? Yeah, New York cheese fries flavored Pringles. New York cheese fries made in Prague. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, uh, I should mention, uh, because uh, people are listening to this and thinking, well, I, I can't see this, but you actually can, because yeah. uh, thanks to the work of uh, Dylan Lewis and uh, Taylor Harris and our multimedia team, we have the newly revamped Motley Fool YouTube channel with right uh, videos from all of the podcasts. So you can check that out. Um, and you can t- and it's a fabulous, bright, uh, Pringles box with the um, wow with a <laughs> New York City food truck uh, yeah. with apples on. You know what? I'm giving them I'm giving them points for uh, for effort there. I agree. The other one the other one I should mention was beef fajita flavored, which I think I did best. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think the pot ones. Let's just you know put out there. Probably going to be a little bit of a risk, you know, of arrest things of that nature. Look, when you travel internationally, anytime <laughs> you're bringing food That's back right. into America, you get questions about it. That's you're right. getting questions about the cheese fried flavored Pringles. This seems so. Okay. You're going to minimize the questions That's if right. you're not buying the marijuana right. flavored you're, ones. You are minimizing the second question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bill Mann, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.